Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic. After 630-20, pay $32 a month per line with AutoPay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the all-new Samsung Galaxy S10 included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after $22.50 a month credit apply within two bills. If cancel early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 630 20 Pay $32 per month per line for five lines with auto pay data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everybody. Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, Stephen Jodron, I'm Michael Fai. And we're actually in person for once. Yeah, I'm staring at Steven intimately in the eyes as I say this. But yeah, we're actually in person. We're not doing this over Skype. It's going to sound a little bit better than, you know, what we usually have. And we'll have some authentic emotional. emotional. I mean, our emotions are pretty authentic. But now we can see each other do stupid things. Yes, we get to mock each other. But no, uh, just a crazy, crazy week in the world of soccer. U.S. soccer. U.S. soccer. Jeez, man. It's, it gives me stress. It really does because news is changing, and it's flipping quickly. It is. We were talking about a news cycle. If you're going through U.S. soccer of, of days before a news story pops out. You and think? Yeah. I mean, I can pick a handful of articles right now in news that we could spend a good 30 minutes discussing. And I'll list you on some. Barco officially going to Atlanta United, making the largest transfer in MLS history. Jonathan Gonzalez flipping sides. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole Pulisic article criticizing the U.S. De- uh, de- de- developmental system. Mm-hmm. Um, the the presidential candidacy. I mean, we just saw ESPN FC and Kyle Martino actually releasing the only plan that's written out. The rumors that Winalda and for promotion relegation, Winalda and. Uh, Martino are now looking to come together. There's so much news going on. And well, and don't forget, Lapointe, who we've had on the show, I recommend you listen to his interview, has officially uh, thrown his support towards Winalda. And he actually, if you follow his Twitter, said some positive stuff about uh, Martino too. So they're in talks, the three of them, or and whoever is behind the campaign and behind the scenes. I think there is... I hate to use this term, but collusion. They're they're working together because I think collusion is the wrong word. I think alliance. Yeah, an alliance. Because That's it's a better not term. like it's an illegal activity. No. If they if one of them drops out and they come together, then it's not collusion. It's an alliance. They're coming together in order for one of them to become president of U.S. Soccer. I think the interesting dynamic is I think you're going to start seeing 
Kathy Carter versus Winolda Martino. You think it's Kathy Carter that's going to rise up against the others? I think so because she represents – she's the incumbent. She yeah, technically I mean, she, is the incumbent. She really is taking over for Galati. She is the Galati-esque person. She is literally going to be given the baton, and she's supposed to finish Galati's mission. Yeah, and I think it's almost – I mean, they're lobbying on behalf of her. Why would you do that if you don't think she's giving your message, if she's not going to do this or do that? I mean, I think you're slowly going to start seeing some people drop out, stay in, all that stuff. I mean, but I think the key issue between this whole thing is when are we going to see Winalda Martino combine? And who is going to be— And who's going to be the head of it? Because one could get— be given the position below the question is is who's going to be the actual u.s soccer president and i do wonder if if we were to have qualified for the world cup would we be in this mess would somebody else be running against gulati probably so you might have maybe a gans or but you think gulati would win that in a heartbeat yeah because what's uh, we qualified for the world cup it was just a bad cycle but we got there Moving on. Yeah. Promotion and, relegation? I mean, half these things don't happen. You, yeah. Jonathan Gonzalez, I don't think, would go to – I don't. I honestly don't think he would go towards Mexico. No, because he has the opportunity to actually make the, the Mexican squad, right? Yeah, and then for the World Cup, there's no World Cup opportunity for him right now with the United States. Also, Mexico did a better job of pushing for him. Actually, if I, th- th- I take that back. What? I think it wouldn't have an effect. It would have – Kind of an effect, but U.S. will just rely on the players that they did for the World Cup. I don't think so. I don't for qualifying. The question is, Bruce Arena would have been manager. Yeah, Bruce Bruce Arena apparently had some sort of talks with Gonzalez at the Portugal. I think he was supposed to be called up to the Portugal friendly. The Um, problem is Bruce Arena got sacked. When you read the interview he had with Soccer America, he says, "I was not contacted by anyone in the United States." I think it's it's a, the the truth because U.S. soccer is going to spin it. He's going to spin it to make to cover his tracks because there's quite a bit of ridiculous outlash against the player. Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't serve anything. All the hate that we fans should be it should not be directed at him. I don't blame him for making this decision. I don't think anyone should. His if he had the question is if he actually had played for the national team. Say he was part of the the Gold Cup roster, played maybe in a World Cup qualifier. A, I don't think he would have switched. But if he had switched after that, then you could blame him because like he's eighteen, he's part of the you know the growth, he's in the team, he's on the squad. What's going on here? But it should be directed at the failure of the federation to actually get this youngster to at least participate. I tell you, the Portugal friendly would have taken care of a lot of this because it would have been like, hey, we see you, we recognize you're talented. Sorry that we qualified for the World Cup, but here you are, the next set of games, you'll definitely get qualified. The fact that there's no communication is so That's my key issue. It's the lack of communication between U.S. soccer and Gonzalez. Even if Monterrey had some really uh, games they needed to win, need to play, I think if they went out and said, hey, Jonathan... We wanted to call you up, but your club didn't want. Uh, your club needs you for some matches. So uh, next time we're gonna call you up. We're on our radar. You're a fantastic young player. Uh, 
we're not we don't we, trust me we have you on our radio you're going to be called up and be the star and, with Pulisic uh, you would have been brilliant yeah, yeah and you'd be you'd be a star but unfortunately your club wouldn't let your club did not want to release you and we wanted to respect them uh, for the, the yaddy, relationship yaddy, yaddy. status blah easy, blah blah, blah. Easy. I mean, easy but you know what they did huh that's no, it no but it's it, it, it's just it's a brilliant example of how US soccer gets it all wrong the thing is we have talented players we really do just Gonzalez issue is is not a Mexican American thing. This is an issue with dual nationals. Remember Jesse Gonzalez, the other Gonzalez, flipped the other way, flipped the other way just a couple months beforehand. So we are just beginning to see a a massive and we're going to see it more and more. Yeah, going back and forth. And the question is, who's going to come out? Who would you play for, Mexico or the United States? We were supposed to have. Uh, Hercules Gomez come on our show today. Unfortunately, we had a little technical difficulties. We're going to push the interview and have him come on at some later point in time. Um, but we were going to have him talk about this issue with the dual nationals. But Armand, you do have some sort of dual. Uh, we both do. We, I guess we could speak a little bit better than most people. Oh, we could speak better than everyone else. Who, who I would say who don't have this. I, I remember as a kid, I've always said I would support Switzerland. I always said just because my family's up there. You have now a lot of majority of your family here in America, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. So we have a different perspective here. My family, first gen, but it's really just my immediate family and everybody else is in, in Europe. You, on the other hand, have quite a bit of family here. Yeah, I mean, the perspective for me, plain and simple, is my family and me, I, I love America. To be plain and simple with you, I, I love do, it. I love, I love America too. I love, I, I love America. And I tell people this all the time. I tell people who are Iranian. I tell people, my friends, if I had a choice between playing for a U.S. national team and Iranian national team, I would choose USA. I would choose USA almost all the time because USA has given me so much, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, if you're neglected, if I was neglected by the U.S. Federation as, let's say, a top player, Let's say they weren't contacting me after a certain point. Hey, good game, you know, blah, blah. But the Mexican technical director is coming to my house. The Mexican coach is contacting me. Hey, good job, good job. I mean, people contacting you. If if it was like Iran, I'd probably be like, hmm. Do you think the fact that he played in Mexico? Played, oh, absolutely. Had a bigger effect. Mexico did give him the opportunity to play. No, but playing in the Mexican league where you're, you you have here, if you were playing the MLS, you probably have more of your eyes on the national team. You probably have more in the Premier League. I do think it did play a part. Team. I do think it did play a part in him uh, coming to uh, the Mexican national team. I do, I, I do think you develop in Mexico. You, but you speak Spanish predominantly. But I think one of the most things that I caught my eye is he rejected Chivas and you know the, the policy with Chivas when you sign with Chivas you play for the Mexican national team and that's it there's no duel uh, yeah Al- Alex Zendejas uh, the man uh, from SC Dallas his hometown was listed as El Paso on the SC Dallas website when he went to Chivas it was uh, Ciudad de Juarez in Mexico so it's like the it's like the Montreal Canadians who have a policy at coach has to uh, speak yeah, exactly, French. Yeah, exactly, uh, exactly, exactly. And I don't think it's, and that's rejecting one of the, I think easily the biggest club or one of the biggest clubs in, that's Chivas. In, in, Everybody knows who in Chivas Mexico. Is. Everyone knows who they are. To continue the hope to play for the United States national team, I think it means a lot. I think it does. I really do think he was going to be 
with the Americans until, you know, what, whatever happened, ignoring him. It, there's a lot of mistakes the Federation. The Federation, I think, is trying to spin it one way. And some people are like, oh, if you, if you want to play for the United States, he would no matter what. No, as a dual national, you are torn because your family is from one side – but you have the other side. It's it's you're torn, hundred percent. And it's it's a lot different when when Mexico and USA, one of the the best football sporting rivals. They're yeah, one of the, the best. Absolutely, one of the best. Right? It's 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 awesome when they get together. Another thing is we obviously share a border with them. Obviously, you have the political aspect of it, but you have a huge Mexican. Not I'm just strictly speaking of Mexico here. Mexican influence in America. So for these players to go through this switch and through to be, you know, you're, you really are divided into two cultures. And I think Gonzalez's parents really wanted him to play for Mexico. If I remember correctly, either his father or grandfather was hoping that he would, or both parents. I, I remember we were reading something like that. So I can only assume that it was very difficult. The, it was only, tough. the only thing I think where Americans, Good question is the fact that he's 18. He is very young. Yes, they're going through a really bad World Cup cycle, so the chances of him getting called up before that were slim because Bruce Arena needed the players that he could count on or at least knew. Gonzalez at the time kind of rose like Pulisic. Within a year, completely changed his name. And this might be baseless, but I generally don't think the U.S. soccer Federation honestly knew about Jonathan Gonzalez as much as certain people did. I knew about Jonathan Gonzalez in April of 2016. I want people to know that. April of 2016, I watched him play in the Dallas Cup. Which is over a year now. Which is over... Not 2017, 2016. No, I'm sorry. It was 2017. My bad, my bad. Uh, Now now you're screwing yourself. Yeah, now I... Yeah. I'm trying to myself to credit. 2017, um, I saw him play. Uh, Shout out John Arnold. He actually pointed him out to me. And... He was, a, he was a great player, and I knew this kid was good because if you notice, in Liga MX, a lot of the players have three numbers. The higher your number, the more youth you are. This guy had single digits, which means he was closer to the first team. Mm. You have to notice that as – in Liga MX is, I think, an underrated league. Is it possible the U.S. Soccer Federation has too many names to keep a track of? If that's the case, they need to hire some people. Hire me. Hire you. Like, they have to keep track of everybody. That's their job. That's their job. That's incomp. That's the gross incompetence. Is, remember, the failure is not getting to the World Cup, but it's failure of getting to the Olympic teams. I mean, obviously, the Olympic th- teams are an overlooked failure. I don't think people realize how bad. It's also holding on to older players too long. I mean, look what we've look at Dempsey. We've been doing. I, I don't think, honestly, with the talent that we know that we have like j- just imagine if we had qualified for the world cup i wonder if bruce arena would have picked uh, a mckinney up a obviously uh, maybe even a costa up but what about uh, a shack moore what about uh, a josh Sargent? like what if josh Sargent in here in the second half of the bundesliga last six weeks comes on because he's starting to get regular first team it's only a matter of two once two training sessions per week, but hey, that's it's it's only a matter of time before he actually goes full time, and I bet he gets thrown on, or thrown in at the end of the season with the first team to see like McKinney what, did last season. Yeah, just yep, to yep. see where he is. But what if he suddenly catches fire, scores a couple goals, 
hot or injuries. We've seen injuries have a huge impact in Keen Park's career right now because Benfica has been hurt. They've also had struggles in the Champions League. And he's been playing. And he's been playing. So, you know, there are opportunities. But will Bruce Arena had picked Gonzalez. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So I think that definitely failure of qualifying for the World Cup. But it's also, I think, the coaching not picking younger players or having the chance. But Klinsman did a pretty good job of that. I mean, yeah, we talked about it. I mean, Klinsman... Not even the younger players, the overlooked players, like the Miguel Ibarra from the NASL Minnesota United. Who would have? You think Bruce Arena would have picked someone from the NASL? You're crazy. (laughs) You are crazy. Uh, I don't think he would have picked anybody outside of certain clubs. I don't think he would have picked anyone. I feel. I honestly, I feel Bruce Arena. Anytime he picked a European player, maybe outside Christian, he was probably triggered. That or he just he felt like he had to because not because they were good. Is because he knew that people would be pissed if he had, if he had his way, it would have been LA Galaxy 2.0. My thing is this: Do you think Jonathan Gonzalez would have been called up if he was playing the same way as he is right now? 18 years old, starting center defensive mid in MLS. Do you think he would have been called? Oh up? no, 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 not at all. You, I think opposite. I think he would have. I think. Oh no, no, oh, wait. Same way playing in MLS. Same way playing well, in MLS. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I think he would have because, because you know why? Yeah, you know, like Jeff Cameron, uh, no, 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 um, midfielder for uh, Huddersfield, Danny Williams. Williams. Danny Williams article on Stars and Stripes, I believe, commenting on how Bruce Arena neglected certain players in other leagues and almost favored MLS. And this kind of goes into what Martino and Wilnaldo are talking, and in a large part, Lapointe talking about this connection between you, SSF. And MLS and some this kind of plays into it, but Danny Williams was overshadowed and overlooked because he didn't play in MLS, so he felt like that. I guarantee you that because he was playing in Mexico, he was overlooked. If you were playing in MLS, it'd be a different story. Question is, what if he had played in the second division in Holland, or if he had played in the championship, like say where DeAndre Yedlin or Williams played, would he have been overshadowed? Probably so, in large part. But because he plays in Europe. I think among European, you I mean, mean among fans? No, because he, if he would have played in oh, Europe, okay. among fans, we would have actually had been more exposed to him. You think? Yes, kind of like, kind of like uh, what we've seen of Keaton. Kind of like what we've seen of uh, all the Europe. More, yeah, Shark Moore, all these yep, guys. Yep, so, yeah, yep. I mean, I wonder how many Mexican Americans are playing in Liga MX. The, I think plenty. I really do think plenty. The problem is I do think we overlooked them because it's Mexico. Yeah. And the league is good. I think the league is very underrated. Is it no mo- number one league in North America? Easily. Easily number one league in North America by far. MLS is working its way up there. and It's close. I think Atlanta United slowly helping to close that gap. But I think Liga Toronto is, too. Yeah, Toronto too. Liga MX is a top, t- top league. I they think Gignac, who played at the European Championships. To they're come. doing what they they have been doing for the longest time, what MLS is doing now, by going to South America and raiding talent. They've also developed talent in Mexico and sold them off. People want to go play in Liga MX. Do people want to play? See, we're going to take a quick know. break here. It's a shortened episode, listeners. Shortened. Right. We, uh, 
Uh, as you know, unfortunately, we had a little technical difficulties with Hercules Gomez. We're gonna have him on come here. We're gonna have him come on at a later date. Yeah, uh, we are in person together, staring at episode, each other, just staring at each other. So we hope you enjoy. It. But follow us on Twitter. Follow our assistant producer Jake Watroba as well. He got some hot takes. Jonathan Gonzalez talk right there. Got a little feisty. Feisty? Feisty. I'm going to talk about deep soccer. Yeah, talk. I mean, this is deep soccer culture. But today, well, what day is it today? Friday. Friday. January 12th. Yep, January 12th. It's made official. Ezekiel Barco, the 18-year-old, is now officially headed to Atlanta United. Independiente's team in Argentina. They said, okay. He's gone. They've released a tweet. It's the largest transfer in MLS history. $15 million plus 30% of any future sales before 2019. Which is only a year and a half away, I guess. But, but here's the catch. If, it, if he stays until 2020, 10%. So it's a weird clause. I don't know why they would – why – if I'm Atlanta, so I guess they're fleecing. Ex- it's a fleece because – I doubt Atlanta sells him within two years. Here's my thing. I guess they're hoping that – I think they're banking on his a really high potential and the fact that he'll sell for a large transfer fee. I think, for example, if he sells for what, like 50? 60? They get $20 million? They would get $20 million if he sold But do you season. think Atlanta would sell him within that one and a half year? If they get a $60 million offer, I think they would. I think it's for those ridiculous offers. His value will only go down, I think. I, I mean, yeah. I think it's a great deal if you're Atlanta United. I just don't see him selling within the year and a half. I don't either. And if you're Atlanta United— Like, it's a year and a half because of the— And if you're Atlanta United—sorry to interrupt you. Would If you, if you had an offer for $20 million and let's say he—or let's say $30 million and let's say he dr- goes up to— well, let's say you have a $35 million, or you can sell him next year for 30 You just write some for 30 Yeah. I, I say a year and a half. It's actually two full MLS seasons. And maybe he wins back-to-back MLS Cups. Maybe they go far in the playoffs. Maybe they don't do good. It depends on the circumstance. Like, I mean, he's 18, the so— The clause is kind of bizarre, I think, though. No, I, I, I see why, but, I mean, within the two years— so I say a year and a half because you have the weird windows— and I wonder if he gets called up for Argent, you know, uh, an Argentina World Cup qualifications. If he does, I I guarantee you he'll be sold. Though I just don't know if he'll go for the sixty. I think he's more likely to go for what Almarone Almer- is has been rumored for in between fifteen and thirty. And I think that thirty percent scares Atlanta United. If they if they sell him for 
above 40, if you're Atlanta United, I think you'll be okay with that. I think Atlanta United, uh, but th- they're I mean, really pushing the agenda. They are. And, and, and I mean, this individual, 18-year-old Ezekiel Barco, held out. He wanted this move to go through. That is some a detail that needs to be absolutely printed at the MLS headquarters he and out. sent out to every street corner of Soccer America because, hello, MLS, this is breaking news. This is the biggest transfer, and this just changed the league going forward. Forever. It's now it's a destination league. People want to come to MLS. Young South Americans want to come to play for young South American legend coaches. You have to say Tata Martino played a key part in bringing so, him so, in. Good, good question here. Coaching suddenly be, is a draw. If you get a good coach, it matters. I think – and so would you say this? Would – if you're – do you think Barco's attracted by a good Latino coach or a good coach? That's a good question because Bob Bradley, is he an attraction? For some, I feel like, but I don't think he has the same draws as Tata Martino. But Tata Martino has the Barcelona connection, and obviously he's Argentinian. So, eh. so And the national team, he has connections within the national so, team. So it's... it's if you're an American, Bob Bradley probably has an attraction. But say Brad Friedel with the Rebs. Does he have an attraction? Is he – that name is kind of recognizable if you're young. But Brad Friedel played in the Premier League. I mean, that too. Oscar Pereira. But what about Oscar Pereira? Depends. If you look at it on just a solely name standpoint, no. If you look at his developmental uh, status and whatnot, yes. But He's what about Brian Smelter? I wouldn't. I would say he wouldn't be the biggest draw. I would say the biggest draw would be the culture around Seattle, the soccer culture. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. I but don't think that's the biggest draw. I think for Atlanta, everything, stadiums, a gorgeous stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have potential to have seventy thousand in like four or five but games it a help year. That the team is new, it's shiny. You have uh, the the flair of how the team goes. They play a lot. Uh, I guess it's 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 a Latin style play, quote unquote. Quote, but it's also kind of Dutch. It's also Spanish. There's that Spanish flair. That's mm-hmm. the Dutch flair of this free flowing total football. Total Johan football, Cruyff, yeah. uh, the obviously Tata was at Barcelona. The Cruyff imprint, you know, th- that that's a Barcelona motto. Uh, motto. Uh, it, it's total football. They want to play that. So I think it has a huge impact. Now. I'm just not just suggesting anything. Or I don't have any connections. But let's say Laurent Blanc, because right now he's unemployed, connected with the national team. But with that, if he were to come here, do you think he has the same pull? Because I think this having the Hispanic or having the South American flair at the head coach suddenly becomes a highlight. And in Laurent a, Blanc isn't South American, though. I know, but he does... If he, you know he, he soccer, you know he's an important yeah, coach. Yeah, if you know soccer, you do. I think that Latin American connection is very, very crucial for 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 certain uh, teams. Um, because moving from Argentina to the United States is nothing like is nothing. It's it's hard. Hard. Yeah. Exactly. I really like the move, and like you said, I think coaching becomes a very big part of. Oh, hey, look, we have 
former Argentinian national team and Barcelona coach Tata Martino. Or look at uh, Oscar Pereja. He got Fabian Castillo to play for the national team at some point. Or Grezo has been called up for Ecuador. I mean, you can go on and on if Bob Bradley does well and... Um, who was it? Like Carlos Vela Zimmer, gets called Zimmerman. up, Zimmerman, all these guys. Like, oh wow, he's getting teams to their respective national. Didn't teams. LAFC sign a youngster? They did. Yeah, What's but I name? can't remember. His, uh, Diego Rossi. Uh, I will. Diego yes, Rossi, yeah, I believe so. But I'll look yeah. it up. Yeah, I mean, people need to. Re- I think coaching has become a very, very big part in recruiting key players to come play for a respective MLS side. I don't know about you, Stephen, but Diego Rossi. You need to. I mean, Sebastian Salazar mentioned this on our show. I mean, they're starting to go raid South America, right, for talent, correct? Mm-hmm. So why not get a South American-inspired coach? Or it's We're talking about South Americans here. I feel like a lot of them are Spanish-speaking. We haven't really dipped our toes into Brazil, the biggest South American it's like country. It's like a Portuguese, like a Gio Saravese from in Portland. Mm-hmm. Speaks like what four or five, five languages. languages. Like that's what Stober was saying, but the thing about it, FC Dallas, you watch the pregame video, whatever they show, it's part in Spanish, part in English. The team is predominantly Spanish. This is someone who's been in the locker room week in and week out. Oscar answers questions in Spanish all the time. Mm-hmm. The t- the, a lot of players answer just uh, questions exclusively in Spanish. It's a, it's almost like you're in, you're in a locker room from like a uh, like in a Spanish club. I think it's, it's. I think it's good if you're a player coming in from a Spanish-speaking country because you're gonna feel you're gonna feel right in. Right, you, you'll feel more like you feel more. You'll feel very comfortable. I think that's what attracts these players to come to these clubs. That's my guess. I mean, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I I agree. I'm just I'm just comparing, say, like with Brad Ferrito at the Revs or Bob Bradley at LAFC. Okay, Steve, let me ask you this. Sorry to interrupt you. Do you yes. think this transfer is bigger than the Beckham transfer? This is Beckham 2.0. Because Beckham, if we don't have Beckham, this league is dead. Yeah. Okay, Beckham changed the dynamic. Beckham was a superstar. He was on the Ellen Show. He did stuff with Jimmy Fallon. Like, not necessarily back then, but that name. Like, you know who David Beckham is. Now, he did a great job marketing himself. And there was a huge market. Now, his ongoing transfer, I mean, a transfer saga, but the ongoing club saga in with Miami FC and with MLS it is a disaster. But he changed the fundamentals of MLS and the designator player spot, the Beckham rule, was created because of David Beckham. This here, however, is going after youngsters. And we're using MLS to become a stepping stone, right, to get to Europe. Sadly enough, I don't ever see MLS competing with the Premier League, La Liga, the Bundesliga, Syria. Uh, I think it I think can, they can but compete. It's gonna take a while. I don't think so because there's too much history with those clubs. After Neymar, uh, Messi, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Lewandowski. I mean, we go on in the Andrea Pirlo with Juventus, AC Milan. There's too much history with these clubs that they can't can't be overshadowed. Now, I think there'll be a, a divide, and with these MLS could be very profitable. Um, the thing is. They need to sort out a ton of issues, a ton of issues, and this bar- this Barco signing suddenly allows soccer fans to be more invested with their club and more investment in transfers. 
It's not going to attract David Beckham attract neutrals, right? Because of the name. Barco is not going to attract neutrals. It's only going to bring soccer closer together. It's going to continue to make the community grow, but it's not going to necessarily grow in size. No, I agree with that. Because the common fan doesn't care about Ezekiel Barco. I can guarantee you I could go around to any soccer fan. They're not going to know. MLS fan, a majority of them might not know, but neutrals who follow soccer in, in the sense of just the Premier League might have an eye on MLS honestly could care less or wouldn't be able to tell you. They probably think you're saying Barcelona wrong. <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. I think finally we see this transition to – the thing is I think in sports sometimes we're too loyal to a player, like the player name. I think when you watch Atlanta United play coming up, because Barco's a very exciting player. You're going to see an attractive football that's going to be exciting. And I think that's what's going to attract the soccer guy, the neutral fan. It I won't be the name. It won't be the name of Barco. No, but what I can't stand is them playing on that turf. That kind of de- Oh, we got the grumpy old turf argument. <laughs> Nobody Get off my turf. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the turf. Stupid. Um, this is stupid. Never mind. What I'm, I agree though. It's going to make a well. Okay, uh, Nagby, yeah. Barco, Almiron, um, Villaba, Martinez. Uh, you have Jeff Lorenowitz coming and back. What, you know what's even better? You know why? Why I if I were Atlanta United supporter, I'd be jumping. Up. What's even better? Is who guess what goalkeeper they signed? Guess who just came in from the USL? They went in and posted a youngster. They also got an American who impressed, who made an, his name on ESPN. Mitchell Hildebrandt from Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. He, he one of the best keepers in USL. And Atlanta saw an opportunity to grow in that direction too. Atlanta United is marking themselves through just transfers alone. And that outside of L.A. and New York and LAFC Toronto. or L.A. Galaxy? Both. Outside of those clubs, not a lot of clubs have done that. So Atlanta United is sitting there taking the MLS blue book, literally shredding it in pieces, getting up from the table, giving everybody the middle finger and tell them to go find their own plan because this is not how we're going to do it here. And let me tell you something. Atlanta United, watch out. Watch out. I think they're going to be a very good team coming into the MLS season. So that two-year, back to that two-year, because we're going to move on to one more segment. That two-year contract clause of 30%, Atlanta United, I think what they're trying to do with Barco, and maybe the question is, I think they'll sign somebody either next offseason too. They're going to splash the cash because I think Almiron might be on his way out. Sooner rather than later. Sell early. Sell, sell before he starts sell declining. Er, yes. And he's almost entering the age of, you don't know yet, because he's 23. Somewhere. He's still young, but so he's, he's still starting young to, to grow. He's starting to get to his maximum. But f- the thing is, they need to win a trophy because I want them to compete in the Champions League. Because when they when you can get them to play in the Mexican club, and this goes back to the Jonathan Gonzalez's of the world, Maybe you can get some of those Mexican-Americans to be like, you know what? I was maybe born in America. My parents live in America. 
Maybe it's easier to, you know, get to an American club. You know, Atlanta United is a brilliant example, not for South Americans, but even Mexican-Americans, and trying to shift that tide. Because if Club America or Chivas or one of these big clubs in Mexico comes to a Mexican-American uh, youngster, no sh- no brainer I'm going to go to this club. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. This is a brilliant opportunity, right? Or if you have this rise, I don't think it exists in MLS yet. You don't see these youngsters at 18 breaking in to the squad. And this Barco signing is going to shift a lot of things because he's 18 years old. He can't legally drink in America for another three flipping years. He could win the MLS Cup. What do you think they're going to do when they win MLS Cup? Pop bottles of water. (laughs) (laughs) What are they going to do? Just water? Just... Him in the corner with some water. Water hose him or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, apple juice. Uh, apple cider. Apple cider, something like that. God, watch out for them. Any last thoughts? Just really excited. I mean, this MLS season is going to be fun. I'm going to renew my MLS live so I can watch a lot more Atlanta United. Yeah, I'm going to steal his password. Don't no, come after not. me, government. No, you're not. No, you're not. a really interesting story and absolutely became I was in the spotlight of US soccer's promotion relegation because of the failure of the national team because you have presidential it's been candidates highlighted, you know and you have candidates like you're about to say I totally cut you off That's uh, presidents Stealing my candidates thunder. saying you know promotion relegation this you know iterations by Winograd we had uh, Ronaldo Martino come out and support other people saying it's not viable. Many people on message boards saying you're. St- I would say you're stupid for thinking promotion relegation can be a thing. Uh, this, that, that, this. I, mean, I wonder where, because obviously we are fans, or we we the media in Armand's and I cases. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> not, not no, just generic soccer fans or media. Not not media, just fans. Do they? Th- because obviously promotion relegation has nothing to do with them. It's not their ta- it's not their money. Who, so it's for all who? the fans. fans. It's not their money that they're losing. It's it's like when uh in baseball when because there's no salary cap. When like the Yankees splurge. Splurge or who cares? It's not your money. Right? I mean the argument is not your money. So yeah, why not? If there's a good player, why not sign him for a fact? Five hundred million dollar contract. I wonder what the promotion relegation because it what what do they have to lose with it? Right? These fans. So, I'll quote unquote, calling it stupid. I think it's not a stupid idea. I think Martino and Walnalda are brilliant soccer minds. They've played. They understand it. And Martino came out with a very interesting plan here. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, I think some people are very realistic and say this is not the case. I think all fans would love promotion relegation within soccer. We just got to figure out, because this, the league was not structured with promotion relegation in mind. That's one thing. It's like FC Dallas trying to build a roof over that side of the stadium. They wasn't they wasn't built with the roof in mind. I have no idea why. They'd have to do something with the structure, and it's oh, very yeah, you tough. Were, yeah, you talked yeah, to uh, yeah, construction. Yeah, it's tough. Talk to uh, Dan Crook about that. 
So, uh, so Martino came out with this progress plan, which is a 12-year strategy of creating an open-tier professional structure. I'm going to go through it real quickly. Announced it today. Uh, one, you'd freeze MLS, USL, NASL, and adult league expansion starting in 2024. And when I say NASL, I'm assuming you can replace it with NISA because it looks like the NASL is on its last limbs. Hopefully not. I mean, Hopefully it, not. It's been reported that Miami SC might go to the USL. And they have Indy this, 11's gone. Well, the, the, for Miami FC, the decision has to be made quick. Yeah, season's starting up. I mean, I don't know. It's looking kind of dire for an ASL. We hope they survive. Good people will lose. Good, good people will lose their We're jobs. We're gonna lose one of the biggest clubs in America. The New History. York Cosmos. Yeah, historically speaking, the New York Cosmos will be interesting. The question is, maybe they'll get um, NISA coming out. Yeah, uh, push yeah. with that, or maybe they'll just go to USL. The problem is, USL is gonna have to create a third division. There's gonna be there's gonna be something going on, but that's what's besides topic. the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, you say transition single entity contracts and have home offices responsibilities to close by 2024. Aim to be European comp- competition calendar with winter break in the next five years. Oh, he wants to push for a European yes. calendar. Allow promotion relegation Mar- between USL yes, like and it. NASL from 2024 to 2030. Start bidding summer of 2026 for six years. Escalating TV contract linked to accelerators for rights to the top division 2030 to 2036. Start bidding summer of 18 for six-year NASL and USL TV contract for 2024-2030. Open system to adult leagues in 2038 See, to create six-tiered professional soccer. Any creation of clubs after 2024 deadline we recognize as non-league without the possibility of promotion into the professional soccer league. Without? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, kind of got a little dark. That that's an interesting because in can you in England create a club? You can you create a Wimbledon. club in Wimbledon's a great example. Yeah, you Wimbledon, create a club yeah. and you climb the ladder. I, I think mean, that's a that's a small mistake right there. Yeah, I think it is. I think with I think with some tweaking you can figure it out. But six, but, I'm sorry, six league. That's a ton of clubs. The question is, do we have those clubs in place? Absolutely. And, well, how many multi city clubs will we have? Oh, I can't wait! Can't wait! Dallas City, Dallas FC, Dallas. Houston, Dynamo, Houston United. You're just in Texas, but say Massachusetts. You got one in Boston. You could have one. You could have the Crafts. Stephen Rambling. Springfield. But New York. You have one in Buffalo. Stop that. Stop it. That's a ton of clubs. I love it. But let me just say this. The toughest thing is going to be the European calendar. Because I don't, I don't think that's the, because, it's pretty because, simple. Because, because, hey. because let me, let me, let me, just, let me just, here's what MLS is going to do every single time you mention this. All right, we don't agree. If MLS is not on board with this, is nothing is going to happen. You create another D1 league. Okay, let them do that. Do you think it will reach the popularity? We're seeing Barco go to MLS. How many MLS players and coaches would rather go to the MLS? Than a second division that there, has another first division promotion relegation. The argument for MLS against promotion relegation is a, is the fact that there is this is weird. There's no pressure for relegation, so these players have a little bit of comfort. But obviously, as we if see, you're a player, would you rather play in the MLS or let's say there's another league that's kind of close in uh, like NIS like A wants to develop this promotion relegation? Yeah, plan. would you rather play? Let's say the NIS has developed as close to MLS's level. Would you rather play in the MLS or NISA? You'd rather play in the MLS. There's less well, pressure because there's more history too. There's the less pressure. Bigger. Forget the history. There's less pressure. League's bigger. More money. More money. Exactly. It's, it's 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 all about that. I don't think it's as easy as, oh, let's sanction one D1. All right, it's okay. If MLS doesn't agree, it doesn't matter. 
No, MLS has to agree. How are you going to force them to agree? You can't. You can't. Well, here's force one thing: you just don't give them. You can demote them a D two sanctioning. Say D one has promotion relegation. But outside of that, you can't. Would What's going to force them to do that? What? Would that even impact anything? It might. Monster off top. It kind of makes it minor league. Think about it. Here's another interesting. Then that's a big balls move right there to demote them to D two. Question is, Martino has a plan for what? Twenty twenty four. Thirty. Thirty. Will he still be U.S. president then? What? How could there not be a U.S. president comes in and basically kind of do what Trump does and kind of just or you know every president does? Scrap, rip it all up. Scra- yeah, rip it all up and start from scratch and have their own plan. I don't know. It's because and it, here's another. I like what what's interesting in Martino's plan is he wants to put funds for the USL and NESL. They're getting screwed with no TV deals. A lot of their money is is really from ticket sales. And that is absolutely not sustainable. No, it's not. And the one thing that bothers me about this whole debate, no promotion relegation, I've been thinking about it more and more. It needs to happen. We talk about this Are, all the time. Is Armand pro-rel for USA? No, I'm Has not. Because they want it immediately. It can't happen immediately. It really can't. But at Our some point, I'm an, I'm an economics major. Oh, well, Competition. Out. Come on. Competition is the basis of how we improve. It improves everybody. I just... People are on board with it. and I don't know if MLS can't get on board. It can't happen. I'm telling you, Steven, you can say start your own league. I don't care. It won't happen. Well, okay. MLS. The question is how many of the... at the t- It'll be 28 clubs, right? Or even 30. How many of those owners would be for it? Zero. Would Martino put some money for the owners? Because the assumption is, I assume their assumption. Here's what I'm thinking if I'm an owner. Would I accept a system that potentially has me not gaining as much money? How would you not be gaining as much money? If you go down... The popularity okay, okay, of, but what if you're uh, up? What if the if, that's if a risk? Have, that's a risk. Why? Why do you even want the risk? You're an owner. If you can eliminate a risk, but what if you're or LA, a potential loss? Okay, but what if you're uh, before as promotion relegation years to its opening? You're MLS. You just won MLS Cup. I don't think you're in fear of it. The the thing is, what would really suck is not the original clubs who have been in the league or the teams that bought in for 75 mil. It's the teams that bought in, like Nashville for 150 mil, who bought a who's created a 225 million dollar stadium and, and invested in so much money. And in nowhere them. were you nowhere was it going to be. Oh yeah, promotion relegation would happen. I bet you Don's like, trust me, it won't happen. No one would agree to it. They want it like the normal American way where everyone just stays the same. All right, you lose. You get the first overall pick in the super draft. Woo-hoo! And then, you know, all this circle of parody. How would crap. college would work? Do you, do you, would you be able would – you, would, you, would you have a draft where every team in USL – You'd get rid of the draft. You know, you you do a bidding thing. You make, you you, you, you you make, make monopoly you, money and you start to allow club – You make it damn draft allocation money. Yeah, no, Damn. yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's the truth. I mean, there's a lot of hoops and all because this league was not created with promotional relegation in mind. If it was, we'd be talking about something completely so, different right now. You're, you're for it, but how the hell are we going to create this? That's the issue. We're for it's. 
I, what I would do is you you have to convince MLS something that doesn't you have want to do. No, but you have to throw money. The only way MLS is going to agree is financially because that's all owners are for. They don't give a flying you-know-what about creating soccer culture or saving the sport. Their job is to make money. Their job is to make money and maybe win. Maybe uh, it seems like Atlanta United's goal is to win. Dan Hunt's goal might in the crafts and Cronky uh, with in Colorado. Who, in Colorado, maybe LAFC. I don't know. LAFC's goal might be to win. NYCFC's goal might be to win. But maybe Hunt's goal is to make money. Maybe Kraft's idea with the revolution is to turn a profit. It's not too long ago that Dan Garber came out saying the league's still losing money. They're still in the red. It's... I just... It makes sense on every level until you try to implement it. Because you are right. As much as I... You are right in the sense that if MLS is not on board, it's going to be... It's not going to happen. If MLS is see, not I on board... I don't think it's not... It's I don't, I'm not I'm at that stage where it's not going to happen, but I I think there's a possibility that it could happen. MLS just has to stiff arm Winalda and uh, Martino and tell them, all right, let's get them to shut up, let's get them to lose, and we'll be fine for the next few years. If Martino Winaldo wins, something will happen. I'm telling you, something will happen. On if, the promotion relegation if, Yes, front. the promotion relegation front. And obviously other ways too, but promotion relegation. If Kathy Carter or one of those other ones who aren't for it, MLS will just be like, oh, great. We're fine. We don't have to worry about that. Pressure needs to be applied on MLS for them to think of something. I'm tired of this. Oh, it's not possible. It's possible. It is. It genuinely is possible. But... You have to have MLS on board. If MLS isn't on board, then nothing is going to happen. Nothing. I'm willing to promise you. If Martino and Alda get elected, we're going to see some iteration of promotion relegation across U.S. soccer. It may not include MLS. And ASA is trying this. So it's interesting. Where, Like I said, it comes back to this all dwindles down to the failure of the men's national team to the World Cup because none of this we would not be at this point talking about this very issue today if they would be going to the World Cup. No, you're right. You're right. And let me just let me just tell you this. Yes. As a fan, huge fan. Well, I'm not a fan. As an objective reporter. <laughs> I'm who, not a fan. I'm not a fan. As a reporter, as someone who's followed MLS, who's followed soccer all around. It's a huge mistake not to make promotion relegation at some time. MLS is trying as hard as to just stiff arm, stiff arm, stiff arm. But I was just going to interrupt because you, I don't know if you said switching to a European calendar is very feasible, very easy to do that. That's the easy part. The promotion relegation from them. Because well, I compared to promotion, but they will reject both. Why would they accept either? Ridiculous. They w- why would they accept either? Uh, give me one reason why they accept either. The, okay, the European calendar. 